Welcome to Old Walsh House. It's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's Old Walsh. I'm back with you. I'm back with you guys for episode number 53, and we have passed the one-year mark officially. January 7th of 2022 was the introductory episode of Old Walsh House, and now a little over a year later, I'm giving you episode 53, and I just want to say thank you to everybody. I appreciate your year's worth of support. Thank you guys for coming back and listening and uh, sharing and, and telling people and getting t-shirts and and just being along for the ride. I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm having still having a blast. I'm still going. We're going to keep this thing rolling for the foreseeable future. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you guys could, you know the deal. It's housekeeping time. If you could, rate, review, comment. Subscribe, share it, tell somebody about it. Let them know. Old Walt's house is here to stay. Got a fun show coming. We got to talk about some not fun things. You know, the Packers, they're, they're not fun. We got uh, some flyers to talk about. That's been fun, or has it? Some college football's happening. The national championship game. There's some golf. PGA Tour's back. We got my passing thoughts. And... We have ourselves a guest this week. Big Daddy is here to pick. Uh, Big Daddy, Big Daddy's here. We're gonna pick some. We're gonna pick some NFL football games. So, without any further ado, let's go right into it. Joining me now, a fitting guest for the podcast on our one-year anniversary. This gentleman was our first ever guest. He doesn't have the best record with us when we talk gambling, but we're gonna bring him back for a third chance now. Joining me today, Daddy. Daddy, welcome back to Old Walls House. Oh, thanks for having me, Walls. You might have to start a new segment called Bad Bets by Daddy. Um, <laughs> I feel like at this point, everybody knows to just fade whatever I say. So let's make some people some money. Yeah, so just a little history. You were, what, 2-14 and 14 in the Super Bowl? 2-12. and 12. A lot of profits. 12. Okay, 2-12. Two two out of 14. So 2-12. And then what do we have? Yeah, first week of the NFL season? That didn't go well either, right? That might have been like an 0-6 or 1-6 appearance. Okay, so we're hurting. We're hurting when you yeah, come up. In 2023, we're 0-0, so that's all that matters. All right, I like the positivity. I like the positivity. So we're going to talk uh, We're gonna talk some football again here. We got the NFL playoffs starting. We got six playoff games this week. Why don't we just dive right in, get going, and see what you think, see what you like. All right. First well, game of the slate is Saturday afternoon. The Seahawks heading to – Heading to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Seahawks are getting 10. Where do you fall on it? Uh, I have the Niners. I I don't think San, or Seattle should even be in the playoffs. <laughs> Credit to Aaron Rodgers. Way to go. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just think the Niners are too good defensively and can run the ball too well. Brock Purdy doesn't have to do a ton. Um, I think San Francisco wins by two touchdowns. Interesting. Interesting. San Francisco, winners of 10 straight. I am going to take the, I'm taking the Seahawks here. I, I, I'm taking 10 points. Uh, I think you're right about the 49ers. I think they're good. I think they win, but I think the Seahawks can keep it within 10. So I'm going to, I'm going to go against you right off the start. All right. Well, that's why you make money and I don't. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the Saturday night game. 
We got the Chargers minus one and a half heading to Duval County to the Jags. I'm going to roll with the Chargers in this one. Um, one and a half. I mean, basically, you're just kind of picking whoever wins the game, wins the game, wins the, covers the spread. So I'm going to go with the Chargers and Justin Herbert. I know it's his first playoff game, but it's also Trevor Lawrence's first playoff game. And I think the Jags are really just happy to be there. Yeah, I'm with you. I definitely think the Jags making the playoffs was the big, you know, their big achievement for the year. I think, I don't know which Chargers team you're going to get, but I think the Chargers could go on a run and make the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. So, like you said, you're picking a winner. You're getting, the Jags are getting the hometown bump. On the, on the spread, so I like the Chargers one and a half, too, so I'm rolling with you. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we got the Dolphins headed up to Buffalo. They're getting ten and a half in Buffalo. Do you like the points there, or are you taking the, the home team? I'm going to take the home team. I'm going with the Bills. I know, you know, divisional matchup, so third time they've met this year, but I don't know who the hell is going to play quarterback for Miami. Uh, I don't think Skylar Thompson can score enough points to keep it within 10 and a half against Buffalo. Um, I don't know. Maybe the weather plays a factor. It looks like it could be a little cooler up there in Buffalo on Saturday night or Sunday. Um, but no, I like Buffalo minus 10 and a half. I don't think Tua plays. They said something about maybe they're going to you know, try to clear him hopefully Wednesday this week, but I think it's a terrible decision to play him anyway. Um, so I'll take Buffalo. Yeah, I agree with you here. I I think that the, the line is built in that two is not playing. As you said, Skyler, whatever his name is, I always forget because who is he? Who even is he? Um, but, yeah, I'm going with the Bills. It's just the Dolphins kind of limp their way into the playoffs. Uh, would they lose six in a row before winning the, the final week here? I think the Bills are – they're motivated now after the DeMar Hamlin thing. They kind of got that team of destiny thing going. I think they're going to, especially if it's not Tua. If, if, if Tua is not playing quarterback, they're going to get housed, I think, in Buffalo. That crowd's going to be going nuts. I'm all over the bills here, even even with 10 and a half. If that thing stays under, under 13, I think it's bills all the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two agreements in a row. I'm not sure how I feel about that, you know, based on your track record. But. <laughs> We'll, Shouldn't we'll feel good. We'll see. We'll keep moving on here. Uh, Giants heading to Minnesota. Giants are getting three thoughts. I'm going to take the Giants with the three. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I think Minnesota is maybe the most fortunate and lucky 13 and 14 of all time. Not that there's been many, because, but I, I don't think the Vikings are an outstanding football team at 13 and four. I think the Giants can play their game, run the football, play some defense, and wouldn't shock me at all if the Giants win outright. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sad to say this, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I agree on everything you said about the Vikings. They've been lucky this year, and that kind of luck just can only carry you so far. <clears throat> they are probably the worst 13-4 and four team ever. And you could even say, you know, worst 13 3 team. I don't want to hear somebody, oh, there's only ever been so many 13 and 4 teams. <laughs> um, but I think they're terrible. I think we saw a bad Packers team run them out of the building. And I think the Giants are a solid team. Dan- Danny Dimes been looking solid this year. Saquon seems to be healthy ish. 
I'm I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the plus three, and I'd even you know consider sprinkling a little bit on that money line. So if you uh, if you want to join me in the sprinkle, hop on in. Uh, I will definitely get on that with you. Yeah, Dan, Daniel Jones and Saquon both had the week off last week, a little extra time to get a little more healthy, and the Vikings banged up. Dalvin Cook got hurt, so. Yeah, I think that one's a no-brainer. I think that one's a no-brainer, which probably means we're wrong. Yeah. But moving on, we got Ravens-Bengals. They're going to run it back. Uh, no coin flip necessary. This game will be played in Cincinnati, where the home team is a six-point favorite. I'll start you off here. I think it's the Bengals. And I don't – is Lamar – have they decided if Lamar's playing yet? I think they were hoping he was going to be. Even if he is, I'm still taking the Bengals. I like that at under seven. If we can get that under seven, I think you hammer the Bengals. I think they're going to win. Uh, I just think – I just think they're the better team. Joe Burrow's playing with some unreal confidence right now. He says his window to win Super Bowls is whenever he's playing – uh, love that. So uh, I'm riding with the Bengals. Yeah, that was an incredible line from Joe Burrow the other day. Um, basically, if he's on the field, he thinks they can win the Super Bowl. Uh, I also love the Joe Mixon celebration with the coin toss. That was mm-hmm. great. Um, but I am going to take the Ravens strictly because I'm I'm fully under the impression that Lamar <laughs> Jackson is going to play in this game. Um, I heard something yesterday that they said they were trending towards having him back for this weekend. Um, so if the Ravens are getting six and a half in Lamar plays, I'm all over the Ravens. All right. A little disagreement. Disagreement's good. And then to, uh, to end the slate, we go to Monday night football, Cowboys at Bucks. Before we get there, do you like the addition of a Monday night football playoff game? I do. I, I love having Saturday, Sunday and Monday playoff games. I think that's great. I mean, I, I think it sucks for the team that has to play on Monday, but one one last day to rest, but it is what it is. As a fan, I think it's great. Okay, I'm I'm almost a little partial to the all day Saturday, all day Sunday mm-hmm. setup. I I, I kind of like the thought of doing all that, but I'm not. You know, nothing wrong with an extra day of football. So, um, but yeah, to the game itself, we got the Cowboys. They uh they just got their asses kicked to end the season, heading down to uh, Tampa Bay, a team with a losing record hosting a playoff game. They did not really. In, try to win on Sunday, but they are getting the Bucks. that is, are getting three points at home. Home dog in prime time. What do you like? So I don't know if you remember, to start the season, I said that Tom Brady would lose the time and that I didn't think he'd make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, probably shouldn't have made the playoffs at eight and nine. Uh-uh. However, I'm going to take Tampa Bay with the three because time still has not won against Tom. And I think das, Dak Prescott is playing maybe the worst, you know, the worst he's ever played in his career right now. He's thrown an interception in seven or eight straight games since he's been back. I think every um, game since he's been back. Yeah, and his first half stats are just abysmal. And I think Tampa Bay has a pretty solid defense. I'm not going to say they're great, but how do you bet against Tom Brady in prime time in the playoffs? So give me the bucks with the points. I like it. Uh, again, sad to say I agree with almost everything you've said. I, if you're giving me Tom Brady at home in the playoffs and points, I don't know how you walk away from that. I I've had a number one rule in all my betting throughout the years for a long time. It was don't bet against Peyton Manning. Then Peyton Manning retired. And it was don't bet against Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the goat. He's getting points at home in the playoffs against a Dallas team. That is 
shaky of late, you may say. I'm going to take the points. I'm taking Tom Brady, the GOAT, at home. That said, if Dallas shows up and blows them out of the water, I, I wouldn't be super surprised. No, I would. I wouldn't either. I agree with you there. I think when Dallas plays the style and capability of you know what they can play football wise, they are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, you just never know which team you're getting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If Dak shows up and plays well, they're tough to beat. Yes, 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 indeed. Let's do this. You got a uh, a pick for a Super Bowl champ or a Super Bowl matchup that you might consider laying some money on. If I had to take two teams to reach the Super Bowl right now, I think Buffalo and San Francisco um, would would probably be my pick. Uh, I just San Francisco gets to play Seattle Week One. You know that's not the toughest matchup, and then they get the winner. I think of the Giants Vikings, assuming that the well, I guess the Vikings would play maybe the Eagles, but I just think that the the road to the Super Bowl is pretty easy for the Niners. They would play the Vikings. If the Vikings win, they play the Vikings. Yeah. And then the, the higher seed. Where it gets screwy is if the Cowboys are the sixth seed. So if they win, they play Philly. Where does it get screwy? It gets screwy if the Giants win. The Giants win. If the Giants win, then they get Philly. Correct. And then the Bucks could – the Bucks or Cowboys would then go to 49ers, which I like – that matchup for them too. I'm I'm with you on the 49ers. I think they've got the best road in the NFC. I think they're a better team than the Eagles. I don't have a problem with the Eagles. I think they're a good team too. But I just think if Brock Purdy keeps playing the football he's playing, I don't think they're losing that much at quarterback that the rest of the team can't make up. Right. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to I'm going chalk on on the AFC side. I'm going with the with the chiefs. I mean, they were out there spinning around doing ring around the ring around the Rosie before they were calling plays this week. So uh, those dudes are feeling themselves. Uh, Tyree kill, not an issue. I'm i I'm rolling chiefs and 49ers in the super bowl. Yeah. I just, I like the bills. I mean, they get, you know, the dolphins, the first playoff game shouldn't be a problem. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like we said, that team of destiny thing, never, uh, never want to don't want to fuck with that too much, but I'm yeah, good. You know, as, as bad of a situation as it was, it, <clears throat> them potentially having to play a neutral site AFC championship game against mm-hmm. the chiefs, you know, rumors are it could be in Pittsburgh, which would be awesome. Is that where the, there's rumors about Pittsburgh now, huh? I've heard Pittsburgh potentially. Cause I know Detroit and Indianapolis are out. And I know, uh, Al, not Al Davis, Mark Davis said they could host it in, uh, Las Vegas as well. So Pittsburgh or Vegas, those would be cool. Well, Daddy, do you have anything – when most people listen to this, this game will have been completed, so instant instant answers to how you did. Anything for the national championship game? Uh, that's tonight, right. Um, <clears throat> I think it's Georgia in a landslide. I, I think they covered the 13, 13 and a half, whatever it's at right now. Uh, I like TCU. I, I love that they beat Michigan because, you know, Penn State fan Michigan stinks, as always. Mm-hmm. Ann Arbor's uh, a whore. Ann Arbor's a whore, yep. I just think TCU was kind of gifted some things in the Michigan game. You know, two pick sixes, great plays defensively, but just Georgia make those mistakes? Probably not. Michigan fumbles on the half yard line. I mean, that's that's 21 points you're kind of spotting TCU. So mm-hmm. I think Georgia wins by at minimum two touchdowns. 
Yeah, I've been saying all year, take Georgia. And anytime I've talked betting in college football, I'm like, just take Georgia. They're just that much better. I just think they're that much better than everybody else. And I think TCU Cinderella around here is gonna is gonna come to a close. So I'm with you, Georgia. I think Georgia wins by three touchdowns. I think they get up two touchdowns, like in the matter of the first ten minutes of the game, and it's just cruise control from there. I I, I see that very well. I just don't think TCU can play with them. Can't wait to be getting texts from people listening to the pod on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week, immediately getting to know how wrong I was. So uh, any other bets you want to cover or anything else you want to cover before we wrap this thing up here, Daddy? No, I think I'm all good on my end. Um, pretty fired up that the PGA Tour has now started back up. That was a great great win by Rom yesterday. Yes, yes, quite the, quite the event. More on that later in the pod. Um, but, yeah, quite the – Quite the event of uh, Colin Morikawa with his seven-shot lead. And then John Rahm, a little Sunday 63, never never did you wrong. Uh, no. Awesome. Well, Daddy, appreciate you coming back on. Hopefully your picks this week are better than your picks have been in the past. Listeners, beware. This has uh, been another segment of Bad Bets with Daddy. I appreciate you having me, Wally. I think we're going to go seven and zero this week. Very confident. Seven and zero. That's right. That would mean I would not go seven and zero, though. But <laughs> all right, Daddy. Well, again, appreciate you, man. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Pain, pain, pain is what the Packers cost me. Pain, pain, and heartache. Nothing new. Used to it. Used to it. Last three years were awesome. I will say. This year. I don't, you know, in the aftermath of watching the game, it sucked. But today I woke up and it was like, eh, whatever. Past, it was like, it fucking kind of ate. I'm so, I am so can't believe I'm admitting this. In the past couple years, not so much 19, 20 and 21. It like ate at me for like the next couple days. I didn't watch sports. I didn't watch any sports show, listen to any sports talk radio for like a week. After the last two Packers playoff losses. This one, not so much. Because I knew what was going to happen was they were going to make the playoffs. They were going to go out to San Francisco. And they were going to get boat raced. So, it just felt like it was going to be a cool story. But, man, I don't know. It just missed opportunities again and again have cost this team this year. The missed opportunities of holding on to the game against the Giants. Losing, just beat the Jets, beat the Commanders earlier in the year. Like, just win those games. Beat the Lions the first time when you didn't score a fucking touchdown. And this game didn't matter. This game wouldn't have mattered. But alas, it matters. They had to get every break go their way. And maybe the one break that didn't go their way. That's I, I was debating this with uh, a couple of people. Was it better off... Would the Packers have been better off if the Lions were actually in the playoff hunt? If they could have won the game and made the playoffs? Hear me out. If that was the case, do they play a little tighter? There's something there, you know, there's something to lose for them. Because the way the game went for them was nothing to lose. Just go out there, all upside. We ain't making the playoffs, but neither are you. That's what Dan Campbell said right before the start of the game. I like that dude as a coach, by the way. 
I was worried he was uh, he was on the chopping block when they started what one and six this year. <clears throat> one and six finished nine and eight. But maybe maybe it would have been better for the Packers if the Seahawks had lost and the Lions had something to play for and they played a little tighter. Jared Goff, mistake-free game. Wasn't his best game, missed some throws, but hey, he didn't miss them to the Green Bay Packers, a team that had been causing turnovers. He had that one kind of fumble, but he dropped on it quick. Let's talk more about the Packers now, though. First and goal from the five. That resulted in a field goal. Two other times in the first half, they got inside the 25-yard line. They resulted in field goals. Near the end of the first half, Aaron Jones fumbled inside the 30. We need to talk about Aaron Jones making all these mistakes. Because he keeps making them in big games. Got a tough time hanging on to that football. I believe I saw the only person with more fumbles this year was Derrick Henry, and Henry had 145 more carries. This is becoming a trend with Aaron Jones. Missed opportunities. Rodgers throws the pick at the end. He threw another pick that was pretty bad earlier in the game that got called back. Could not establish the run to save their lives. I don't know, man. I got my hopes up again. It's it, They didn't even have to be good. I talked about this with the big cat, Bill Gardner, before. We get our hopes up. It's like halfway through the season, we're like, these guys suck. And then we get our hopes up. Like I said, I didn't get my hopes all the way up. But I got them up there. They're going to beat the Lions at home in prime time. Not a great year from Rodgers. A far cry from his two previous seasons, the Hall of, the Hall of Fame seasons, uh, the MVP seasons. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But this, uh, it'll be interesting. Rodgers is already dropping the, I don't know what I want to do. Can't wait to go through a whole nother offseason of this. I'm going to retire. I'm going to unretire. And this team has some serious cap issues. I know they've been kicking it, the kicking the can down the road, but I don't think there's a, any more road left for them to kick it down. There's a lot of dead money, I believe. I was trying to read up on it a little bit today on my lunch, but I'm too stupid to understand it, I think. I need someone to explain it to me like I'm five. But yeah, that, uh, I don't know. What's the future hold for him? You got Rodgers for what, one, maybe two more years? And what Rodgers are you getting? Are you getting this year's Rodgers again? And can we talk about some of the play calls? Why did we fall in love with the end arounds? And why were some of the end arounds going to Alan Lazard? If you're going to run the end arounds, run them to Watson. I think there were like four end arounds or reverses in like the first half. What was going on? Just another choke. Had another friend text me. That he, uh, he jumped on the Packers bandwagon. He goes, oh, only team that knows how to let you down better than Penn State is the Green Bay Packers. And I said, welcome to the show, buddy. Welcome to the fucking show. 
yeah, where do they go from here? I, I've been reading and looking at some things. I believe Adrian Amos is gone. I believe his contract's up. Savage is either on the, I think he's got a, there's a fifth year option. I think that's a team option. He's owed a lot of money. Aaron Jones is owed a lot of money. Tunyon probably gone. Yeah, it's, this is going to be a, a different looking team next year for sure. But we'll just have to, we'll just have to kind of see, see what it holds. Let's uh, let's just roll right into some of the other NFL news. We uh, we talked a little bit with Daddy earlier, covered some things. A couple of things I noticed: Jags two and six to make in the playoffs. Nice little turnaround for them. 49ers, they started three and four. They've won ten straight. They're thirteen and four. I think they're they're the as I was saying with Daddy. I think they're the they should be the favorites in the NFC. I, I favor them over Philly. I don't dislike Philly. I think Philly's a good team. But I, I like the Niners. Joe Burrow, the window is my whole career. That's incredible. Uh, the Texans. The Texans no longer have the first pick, and they sent Lovey Smith packing Sunday night. We didn't wait till Black Monday for Lovey. He got fired Sunday night. They decided they wanted to win that game late. They no longer have the first pick. The Bears do. The Bears have the first pick. They seemingly have their quarterback. And they have a hundred million dollars in cap room. Give or take is what I've read. People are going to want Bryce Young. Texans probably one of them that might have wanted him. People are going to trade up for that in a big way. They're going to get a nice little haul out of that. And they're going to be able to stack people around Justin Fields. It's the model and how you win. <clears throat> rookie quarterback, or not rookie quarterback, quarterback on a rookie, rookie contract. Free up a bunch of cap space. And bring in the pieces you need. Then get the number one draft pick to boot and bounce back in the first round. Drop back to eight, ten, whatever it is. And shower yourself in the picks that come with it. Cardinals have fired Cliff Kingsbury. You know how I feel about Cliff, I think he's overrated. He's had, what, two winning seasons his entire career? And both, what, maybe three. Let me double check. Let's not slander the man. He just lost his job. Cliff Kingsbury. He had two winning seasons at Texas Tech, one of which he had Pat Mahomes. So, you know, that makes life easier. 35-40 35-40 and 40 at Texas Tech. He has one winning season and one 500 season with the Cardinals. 28-37 and 37 in one single time. He's gone. Yeah, Be interesting to see where he pops up next because, I mean, he, he finished 5-7, and 6-7, 5-7 seven, and seven, and seven at Texas Tech and got an NFL job. So that was obviously working out for him all right. 
Sean McVay is considering not returning, apparently. What, things get a little hard? Life gets a little tough for you, Sean? And then you don't want to come back? I mean, are we for real? This this is wild. He just doesn't want to be there for the rebuild. He's 36. Man, he showed up and they started winning. 11 and 5, 13 and 3, 9 and 7, 10 and 6, 12 and 5, Super Bowl winner. 5 and 12 and now we're out. Interesting. Interesting. Who knows? We'll see if uh we'll see what what comes of that. That's about what I got for the NFL. Let me just stick a spin around the last week in the regular season. See if uh see if anything else caught my eye in the games if I that I'm forgetting. Chiefs look good, like I said with Daddy. I mean they were doing ring around the rosy before they were running plays. Vikings, they get a win. Uh beat the Bears, but I mean the Bears were in tank mode. Jets, Dolphins, what a game. 11-6. 11-6. I follow Scorigami on Twitter. Great Twitter account if you like NFL football. It goes through what every score is and if it's happened before, how many times it's happened, and what the likelihood is that the game ends in a score that's never happened. Panthers, that's, uh, what's that dude's name, the coach of the Panthers there? He had a nice little spot after he came in. What's his, why can't I think of his name? Oh, I'll think of it, maybe. No, maybe I won't. Okay, moving on. Panthers coach, he had a nice, he had a nice little audition there. The Bucks, eight and nine finish. They, uh, they lose to the Falcons with most of their starters not playing the second half. Steelers win, but don't get the help they need. So, yeah. Chargers go down to the Broncos. Did I miss that somehow? Interesting. Chargers go down to the Broncos. How about it? And the Dallas Cowboys, they need to... Uh, a little bit of worry in Dallas, maybe. A little bit of worry. All right. That's what I got for the Packers in the NFL this week. So, uh, let's uh, let's keep going. Let's just move move on along. Golf is back, the PGA Tour is back, the PGA Tour season kicks off, but not really, because it already kicked off back in, like, I don't know, September, technically, but hey, everybody knows, the real golf season starts now, and thankfully, next year, it will officially start the PGA Tour season at the Century Tournament of Champions, that's Kapalua, or Kapalua, is it Kapalua? Kapalua, I think is correct. Correct pronunciation. Correct pronunciation. So, yeah, this one was interesting. Colin Morikawa, who, who was cruising, cruising, blows a seven-shot lead. I've got it on the second TV at points yesterday. I look over at one point. Colin Morikawa's 27 under. His nearest competitor is 20 under. I said, that's enough of this one. Then all of a sudden, I hear rumblings. Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Rumblings out there that something's happening. Well, that something was John Rahm. John Rahm was happening. Well, John Rahm was going nuts, he made birdies on 12, 13, 14, 
Eagles 15 and then birdies 18 for a smooth little 31 on the way in. In that same general time frame, Colin Morikawa was bogeying 14, bogeying 15, and bogeying 16. Well, those two things don't add up well for Colin Morikawa, but they add up very well for John Rahm, who picks up another win. He is on fire. His last five starts, three wins, and then T8 and T4 in there in between the wins, too. Not bad. Not bad. So I mentioned uh, Morikawa, who made the turn three under, was, like I said, cruising. Those three bogeys in a row he made, 14, 15, 16, only player in the field all week to make three bogeys in a row. No one else did it. Granted, smaller field. Century always has, you know, you have to have won or now finish in the top 30 on the year and make it to the tour championship. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I watched him on, I think it was 15. He pretty much just laid the sod over a chip. And he's been kind of struggling with the chipping and the putting. And it, he, there were people who were talking, oh, he made these putting changes. It's going to be so good. And you, you know he peers it. You know, he couldn't get his cut figured out a little bit last year. He started hitting the draw. But you know he peers it, but it has always been kind of, if he putts, he, he can stomp on people. Well, is this putting and chipping going to be, is he going to, like, is this going to get to him? I forget the exact people have done this, but people have blown leads of seven or more. It was crazy. Spencer Levine was one. Greg Norman was one. Hal Sutton, maybe. There were a couple more people. Like, dudes have done it. So, like, to get a seven-shot lead, you got to be pretty damn good. So, is he going to remember that he got himself the seven-shot lead? Or will he remember that he blew the seven-shot lead? Hopefully, like, his caddy's like, hey, we got that seven-shot lead. Don't worry about what happened after. Just think about how you got it. But, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if it's going to be a thing for him. So, other, you know, thoughts, uh, thoughts of the course. I I like Kapalua. It's a fun course to watch. And you're also like, you haven't watched golf. At least for me, I don't watch golf after. Unless I watch the President's Cup a little bit. And, you know, if it's the Ryder Cup, I'll watch that kind of fall. But, like, I'm not watching the PGA Tour Fall Series tournaments. My golf pretty much ends. I mean, now it ends mostly at the British. I'll watch some of the playoffs, depending on how interested I am or what I have going on. But I'm watching more of the playoffs now because they happen before football season. But then, you know, my golf viewing's done come football season, September. So when it kind of comes back in, in January, and usually, I mean, this tournament used to line up with Wild Card Weekend. There's not as many games on, so, I mean, it's lined up with the last week of the regular season now. But still, you're kind of like, the golf fish is starting to come. You know, some people have got your, you know, you may have a trip booked coming up, so you're like, ooh, the golf itch. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to get out there. And Kapalua looks so sweet. It's out in Hawaii. They're always playing the Hawaiian music. Like, it just feels, it just feels cool. It's fun to watch golf again. And, like, the 18th hole is sweet. And the balls run like 90 feet out or 90 yards out, rather, not 90 feet. They're following around with drones. So it was fun. It's a fun tournament to watch. It's it's a cool start to the year. And it's fun to see dudes go low from time to time, I think. I don't need to see dudes shoot 27 under every week to win. 
but I don't need to see him shoot even par every week either, or just hit wedges, you know, hit irons to the to lay up to somewhere to hit a long iron to around the green and chip on in one putt or two putt. So it's cool to see both. So I'm I'm all for seeing dudes shoot 27 under. I mean, John Rahm went 64, 71, 67, 63 this week, par 73. So that was fun. Hey, and it was the first elevated event for the tour. Don't I, that, This one didn't seem too much different because it's already kind of elevated because you had to have one to get in or made the tour championship now. Sony Open next week. Sony Open next week. More golfing after dark, if you will. Staying in Hawaii. So we get the uh, we get the late the late golf coverage. So yeah, we are just around the corner from from real golf season. Real golf season, I think, I think kind of kicks off around the farmers. That's January twenty fifth through the twenty eighth. Because then you get the farmers, AT and T Pebble Beach is the next week, then uh, Phoenix. The Genesis at Riviera, like that's those are that that little West Coast swing is probably some of my favorite golf to watch. Phoenix is awesome. Riviera is great. Then they do the Florida swing, so that that's a great, great, great part of the schedule. All right, yeah, that's all. I, ooh, ooh, there were a couple golf questions or hypotheses, hypotheses to ask about. <clears throat> if you could go to two events for the rest of your life, what would you go to? The question, the the answers, the options are the Open Championship, British Open, Ryder Cup, the U.S. Open, the Masters, the President's Cup, the Solheim Cup, the PGA Championship, or the Women's U.S. Open. For me, I think this is a no-doubter. It's the Ryder Cup, you, you only get that every two years, and the Masters. I think those are the creme de la creme in the golf world. Like, that's what I want, want to go to. I've been to PGAs, I've been to U.S. Opens. They're cool. Bend to the Masters. It's the coolest. Uh, would love to go to a Ryder Cup. So that one's easy <clears throat> for me. And then it uh, it's uh, another question. It says, if you could take one golf skill, what would it be? Never three putt again? Hit every fairway? Get up and down every time? Average 300 off the tee? Hit every iron pure? I myself, not doing hit every fairway, because I can then miss the green from the fairway. That's no problem. I've, I'm well-trained in that. 300, I don't think so, because I can hit it 300 in every direction. It would it would help my game, no doubt, but I think I can do others. Hit every iron pure was tempting, but I can pure them and then, I don't know. That was tempting. But my big one was get up and down every time. I think if I get up and down every time, I become incredible. Like, I could just tailor my game. Like, oh, just get it near the green. Make par. Done. Par fives, get it somewhere around. That's a birdie. Short par fours, get it somewhere around. I'm gonna, I'll am i make a couple birdies. I'll make two, three birdies around, maybe. Maybe I make one. Maybe I don't make any, but, you know, I think on average, I'd average like two birdies around, give or take. There might be a stat about this, and it might be like 1.6 for like my handicap level. Either way, if I make one or two birdies, I don't hit a ball out of bounds. I can advance a ball to around the green. I'm not shooting anything over 75 for sure. And if you just don't lose, don't hit a ball out of bounds and can just have a shot where you can get it close to the green. Hey, get up and down for par, man. 
I like that. I'm going with that one. Flyers update. Look out. Four in the row for the Flyers at one point here, people. Four in a row. However, however, I was yelled at. I was yelled at by Team Man. You know, contributor to the show, hockey. Our uh, our hockey expert on the show and our Flyers expert has told me I'm not allowed to be happy that the, the Flyers are winning. He said we need to be we need to be losing to improve our chances in the lottery so we can get this young gentleman from Canada. And uh, he really wants him. He wants Connor Bedard. I think I'm saying that right. Deep Dish wanted me to know that he's also Deep Dish was really concerned when I referred to him as the kid from Canada a couple weeks ago. He wanted me to know that his name is Connor Bedard and he's absolutely filthy. So hey, that's that's what the the goal should be according to the hockey experts. Is they we should be tanking for Connor. Problem was they didn't do that very well after having. One uh, beat the San Jose Sharks last week, and then the L.A. Kings. They they kept that uh, they kept that little mini West Coast road trip going with a four one win over the Ducks Monday night, and then Thursday they said, you know what, three's not enough. We're going for four, baby. Six two, throttling the Coyotes. But you know, all good things are in some people's eyes bad things must come to an end. And come to an end, they did. The uh, the Maple Leafs, oof, they just put it to them, just put it to them, six two. I will say it was close, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. I'm watching football. I'm cooking dinner. So you know, I'm kind of glancing in. I settled myself in. I stopped paying attention for like two seconds after the Packers game has started. It's two one, then it's three one, but then it's three two, and then all of a sudden it's five two. I'm like, what in the what just happened? The Maple Leafs happened, so ended ended the winning streak. But hey, apparently that's a good that's a good thing. Losses are wins now, I believe. Losses are wins. Gotta gotta get yourself down to the the better options for that first pick. And won't happen, but you know we can dream. All right, coming up this week, got a trio of games this week. Before I'll talk to you again, or it might be a quad. You know, they got a game next Monday as well. So uh, the Sabres tonight, tonight is Monday night as I'm recording about to to puck drop. I was going to say kick off. That's not how it works in hockey. Puck drop coming around the corner any minute now up in Buffalo. Then they got the uh, the old back to backer with the Capitals Wednesday night in Philadelphia. They host the Capitals and then Saturday night venture down to the nation's capital. And then Monday. Best team in the league, the Boston Bruins, who last I checked were like 31-4-4. Four four. Let me take a look here and just double-check that for you. Oh, they won again since I last checked. They're 32-4-4. Four and 32-4-4. Four. Four and four. Next best team in the league, Carolina Hurricanes, 25-8-7. Then the Maple Leafs, 25-9-7. They have 11 more points than both of those teams. 68 points. Meanwhile, the Flyers have 37. 37. Better than only six teams. Six teams. The lowly Chicago Blackhawks have 24 points. Well, at least we're not them. Or, you know, maybe we should be them. Maybe we should be them. Who knows? 
That's all I got for the Flyers this week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back with more Flyers talk next week. Let's do some passing thoughts. What do you say? Uh, just just a guess. Maybe there'll be something you'll have listened. I'll throw in the uh, a little addendum for the college football national championship. But judging by the way it's going, I'm going to say that's unlikely. I'm probably not staying up and then getting out getting back out of bed to tell you that Georgia won by 22 because they're up seven, nothing halfway through the first and about to go score. So they're there. I've talked about it. If, uh, if something else happens, you may hear me ramble a little bit about it as we go here. Okay. Passing thoughts, passing thoughts. Watched, uh, finished 1883 started it many, many moons ago. The Yellowstone prequel, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. Good show. Good show, really solid. You know, paints the you know paints a little backstory for the the Yellowstone universe. Has done led to another spinoff, nineteen twenty three. Looking forward to checking that out. Uh, Eighteen eighty three, good. I mean, there's just a couple like Tim McGraw is a pretty good. I, I liked him. I thought he was a good actor, real good actor. And then Sam Elliott. I mean, he's a badass man. How old is Sam Elliott? Let's take a look here. 78. So, that was a couple years. Probably a couple years. What a good actor. Let's look at some of the stuff he's been in. His filmography so big it has its own Wikipedia page. <clears throat> Virgil Earp and Tombstone. Just an incredible role. He's in Gettysburg. Okay. Roadhouse, of course. Quick and the Dead. Oh, that's right. He was in that first Hulk movie. So we were soldiers. He's in Blood Diamond? I don't remember him in Blood Diamond. Huh. Just a great. He's in A Star is Born. I think he's in the TV show with uh, Ashton Kutcher. What's that called? The Ranch. I started watching that. It was kind of funny. Oh, George has to kick a field goal. How about it? Um, Yeah. But Sam Elliott, what a badass. Tim McGraw is good. Some good cameos in there. Tom Hanks plays a little spot. Billy Bob Thornton is in there. Good show. Good show. I enjoyed it. Real uplifting. You know, really, really a happy, cheerful ending. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, but yeah, good show. Good show. I enjoyed it. Looking forward to 1923. I actually, <clears throat> just today, watched half of the third episode of Yellowstone. I'm I'm back. I'm back in, people. I'm back into it. I'm going to watch it. So, there we go. I had the most man moment of maybe my entire life. <clears throat> the roommate was making a, a dip, like a queso dip of some sort. Needed some queso, some white queso from the grocery store. She needed like an actual block of cheese. I got a queso dip, which was wrong. And she had to kind of maneuver around it. But, you know, so it goes. Don't send me to pick something up. But the other things I got, I walked in there. I needed the queso. I needed some beer. So I was going to get beer and queso. Well, I happened to be walking by the meat, the meat area, and they had some ribeyes on sale. You know, they're like, hey, got to get them, got to freeze them. So I grabbed them, threw them in the freezer, like 10 bucks for two ribeyes. Looks pretty decent. I mean, they're not, these ain't your prime grade A ribeyes, but hey, cook them right, season them up nicely, they'll do just fine. 
They'll do just fine. So I got beer. I got steak. I got queso dip. And because to get the queso dip, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to walk through the chip aisle. I figured I'd grab myself some chips. So I ended up with beer, steak, chips, and queso. Most man trip to a, a supermarket I've ever made. Vince McMahon is on his way back to WWE. He has got himself back on the board. Along with two other people who I believe are the the presidents, co-presidents of the company at one point. <clears throat> says he's coming back to pursue the sale of the company. Said if he was not back on the board, he would not have approved any sale or anything of the sort. And because he still holds like a large majority of stocks, they still need his approval. This dude may have the biggest ego on the planet. And he is for sure a fucking savage. And he's possibly, if not probably, a total piece of shit human being. But he is fascinating. He gets run out. Thinks he shouldn't have left. Thinks he could have just weathered the storm. Says, fuck it, I'm coming back. And now there's like worries that there's more shit going to come out. But he's like, I don't care. I'm here to secure the biggest bag of all time. For myself. What a fucking lunatic. It's really too bad. <clears throat> well, obviously it's too bad that he there were some people that were maybe harassed sexually by him. But it's too bad we're missing out on like the 30 for 30 on him. Because I think it would have been wild. Just, uh, I think it just would have been awesome. Speaking of other people who are losers, pieces of shit. Darren Ravel. Darren Ravel, this idiot, tweeted out a video of himself sitting in position for, as he put it, 18 minutes so he could shake J.J. Watt's hand. When does he do it? As J.J. Watt is heading over to say hello to a big group of special needs children. In comes Darren Ravel to make sure his weird little dorky ass can shake J.J. Watt's hand and he can tape it. And post it on fucking Instagram and Twitter. What a weirdo. What a fucking weirdo. (sighs) Tom Kim. Tom Kim has apparently become fast friends with the Spieth family. Jordan Spieth invited him over for Christmas. Because his family wasn't around. Word on the street from a a tweet. Was Tom Kim went back for seconds and thirds. What's the tweet say? What an interesting little nugget. I think is what it said. I lost. Did I lose the tweet? I lost it. I deleted the picture. Delete a picture. <clears throat> Saw one of these. It's sign guy. If you know sign guy, is holding. Uh, he's holding his sign. Oh boy! Here comes TCU deep ball. Oh, whirl and dervish. Oh, missed him again. TCU's downside done. Um, so sign guy is holding a sign, and they put over it a tweet. What's this guy's name? The barf at. The underscore barf tender, Barflin Tito. Tito? Apologize to that gentleman if I've mispronounced his name. And it says, let's argue. ESPN was channel 25. Now, back in the day, when you just had channel numbers that went from, you know, one up up to like 100, before we got into DirecTV and Dish, and you had 200s and 400s and 600s and 800s and all that shenanigans. 
every TV channel had just a channel number, just a very simple one. 25, 17, 16, 35. Back in my day, I had two different setups. Originally, ESPN was 16, Nickelodeon was 17, and I think MTV was 35. Those were the big ones, obviously, as a child. ESPN, Nick, and MTV. We didn't get ESPN 2 when ESPN was 16. Because I can remember the Duke-North Carolina game was the first Duke-North Carolina game every year was on ESPN 2. Never got it. When we moved, when it moved to ESPN, which is funny, ESPN was 25 when the channels changed. I think ESPN was 25. ESPN 2 was 26. News was 27. And then Classic was 28. I don't really remember any of the other channels at that point. Maybe MTV and VH1 were like in the 40s, like 41 and 42 or something like that. But yeah, ESPN was 25. It was funny reading the comments. Everyone was like, no, no, ESPN was this, ESPN was that. Yep, I remember. ESPN was 25, and before that it was 16. Because I came home one night and turned on channel 16, and it was not ESPN. And I was like, what in the hell just happened? You know, no Twitter, no Facebook to tell me that we had a new channel lineup for some reason. Oh, yeah. ESPN was channel 25. The Texas A&M basketball team started the game with technical the other day because they forgot their jerseys at the hotel and had to send somebody back for them. That's incredible. Anybody seen pictures of Adam Venateri? My man is jacked. Just absolutely yoked. And he's like 50. He's like, this is what 50 looks like, right? I'm yoked now. Huge. Uh, quick boxy note, Ryan, uh, Tank Davis decided to beat up a man instead of a woman in the boxing ring. Ninth round, TKO. Should be all go for a fight with Ryan Garcia in April. We'll see. We'll see if he can keep himself out of jail. We'll see if Ryan Garcia goes through with it. <clears throat> There's still not been an official, like, it still hasn't been made an official official. We'll see. We'll see. I'd like to see it happen. Hopefully they don't try and charge you $150 for it. But I'd like to see it happen. We'll see if it does. Tim Heron, Lumpy, as some of you may know him, former professional golfer, told a great story on the Subpar podcast about how when he was in college, they banned tobacco products was still the case when I made it to college and tobacco products happened to you know, be kind of kind of popular among golfers. TCU's looking to score. Uh so Tim Heron was a smoker and his coach didn't care. But the problem was you were not allowed to smoke on property during an NCAA event. So my man had a great little workaround. He just walked out of bounds. He just would find a hole without a bounds when he got there, and he would just walk himself over out of bounds. He would be off the course, technically. And he'd light him up, light up his heaters. <laughs> what a great little answer. TCU came to play. 
Never mind. We might there might be an addendum before this. TCU's in it. Touchdown TCU. Max Duggan, my man. So yeah, Tim Heron, figure out how to smoke in college golf. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Well, that's all I have. I guess I'm gonna lock in and watch this uh watch this national title game. All right, let's go wrap this thing up. Closing time, everybody. Let's wrap this thing up and head on home. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. I mentioned thanks for a whole a great year. Really appreciate it. Uh, hoping to make next year even better. Uh, thank you to Big Daddy, Big Daddy Place, for uh, for coming on and giving us hopefully some winners. But you know, with Daddy's track record, probably not. Probably not. We will be back next week. NFL playoffs are about to take off. We got the Sony Open. We got more flyers. We got some college basketball kicking into gear still. We got to probably talk about the national championship game. Never know. So we'll be back next week. I appreciate all you guys. Appreciate Daddy for joining us. Till then, peace.